Welcome to the Millennial Success Stories podcast, a space for millennial women entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and those who dare to forge their own path. My name is Jackie Kossoff, and I'm a marketing strategist and Facebook ads expert, multi-passionate entrepreneur, writer, traveler, and history lover. The mission of this podcast is to uplift, inspire, and empower young women to create a life that reflects their own version of success. I believe in sharing our experiences so we may learn from one another and grow together as a community. In season four, I invite you to join us as we explore how to bring more ease and simplicity into our businesses so we may create and enjoy more success in all areas of our lives. If you're ready to invest in growing your business through the power of Facebook ads, I encourage you to sign up for a complimentary consultation where we'll have the opportunity to connect personally. Now, without any further ado, for those of you ready to write your own success stories, let us begin. And always remember, success has no age requirement. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. My guest for this episode is Lexi Smith, and she is a public relations expert, founder of the PR Bar Inc., and co-founder of the Ready, Set, Coach program, along with our mutual friend, Emily Merrill, who was on season two of this podcast. And I am so excited to share this episode with you today because Lexi, first of all, tells us what PR is and how we can use it in our businesses. But she also talks a lot about creating our businesses around our lives instead of the opposite way. (laughs) And so I just absolutely love this topic. She's really able to speak to it on a whole other level because she recently celebrated the birth of her first child. And in fact, this recording was one of the first podcast recordings she did postpartum. So I am so honored that she took some time from her adorable little one to come and talk to us. So she's really able to speak to the do's and don'ts of creating, in this instance, your maternity leave from experience. It is very fresh in her mind, and she's also able to share what worked and what didn't work for her, which I think is just, you know, such great insight to have because even though we are all different people and we may all plan our leave, no matter what type of leave it is, differently, I think it's really beneficial to hear from others, kind of what their experience was and and things like that. So there are so many awesome things that we cover in this episode. And so before we dive in, I do want to invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if this episode or any of our other episodes resonated with you. Leaving a review is one of the best ways to help this show reach more listeners who could use some inspiration on their entrepreneurial journeys. So without any further ado, let's get into my conversation with Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I would love if you start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your business and how you got to where you are today. Oh man. Okay. So as of six weeks ago, I am officially a new mom to a baby girl. So that is my first job that I get to add. Prior to that, I have two companies. One is called the PR Bar Inc. And the other is called Ready, Set, Coach. I live in Ventura, California, but I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. So the Pacific Northwest, how I got here is a long story. So how do you, how deep do you want me to go? It is entirely up to you. Whatever you think would be the best 
can give us the best idea of, of where you are today. Yeah. I'll give you some, some cliff notes, right? We all loved okay. cliff notes in school. So I actually grew up wanting to be an actress and then I hit college and decided maybe broadcast journalism is more realistic. So I went to the University of Oregon. I double majored in broadcast journalism and public relations. And the quick little story, I was definitely pursuing broadcast journalism initially, first and foremost. So I was doing a TV show at University of Oregon. I had an internship with CBS. I was the president of the National Broadcasting Society. I mean, really going that on-air route full force. And I was in New York City, so across the country from where I went to school, at a journalism convention. And I met a man and his son on the streets of New York City wearing my collegiate logo, which is a big O for the Oregon Ducks, which was a very small world, right? Because I'm across the country. So I went and talked to them. And it turns out that gentleman owned a PR firm in New York and San Francisco, but had a satellite office in the small town where I went to school. So talk about a small world moment. And I'm telling you the story because he is the person who first gave me a job in undergrad at his PR firm. Once I had a taste of PR, I decided to switch. So I still double majored. I still was, you know, had all the credentials of broadcast, but I decided to put PR as my number one focus. And I got to start building that career in undergrad, which was really cool because by the age of 22, I already had, you know, a few years of experience, decided to move to LA, worked in agencies, long story short, fast forward, fast forward, then went in-house. I ended up becoming the VP of PR and marketing for the fastest growing telecommunications company in America. I had all these crazy experiences at a young age and had a very big health burnout moment at the age of 26 that landed me in the hospital, which was very dramatic. I got carried out of my office in a makeshift stretcher. Yeah, so a little bit of a wake up call. And all that to say that moment was when I had the switch to, I need to kind of reconfigure how I'm doing life. Someday I want family. And right now my career is taking up too much time. So that is when I started to think about entrepreneurship and I officially transitioned into my first company full-time in 2020. And that's the PR Bar Inc. And I don't think I said what that was. The PR Bar Inc is I'm a PR and business coach. So I help entrepreneurs and their teams learn how to increase visibility, impact, and revenue with PR through a variety of coaching programs. And then fast forward, I met Emily Merrill, who's a mutual friend of ours in 2020. And her and I decided to launch a company together called Ready, Set, Coach, where we teach people how to build coaching businesses. And here we are today. I now have a little one, the two businesses, a podcast, and yeah, that's me in a very quick nutshell. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know one of the things that you know, really intrigued me, I guess, when, when we first met, as, as, as you alluded to, I just can refer to those listening, Alex and I do know each other. <laughs> we are both members of Six Degree Society and Emily Merrill has been on my podcast before. So we'll drop it. I think it's in season two. But the thing that intrigued me about your business was that you're like, you teach others how to do PR. You're not like a, you know, PR agency or anything like that. And so I guess just real quick, like how, why did you decide to go that route? And then also, what do you think is the benefit of having a PR coach versus like, you know, a PR rep? Yeah. So first and foremost, as I went through the fast forward cliff note of my background, I want to pull out, I worked in agencies, then I worked in-house. When I worked in-house, I oversaw PR departments and hired PR agencies. Now, obviously I have a PR company where I coach all this to say, I've done it from every single side of this industry. And what I learned is there's a need and a place for every type of service. So with that being said, there's a million and one agencies out there, which are great. And there's a two-part answer to my why. One, there wasn't at the time a ton of the coaching option. So that was part one is I felt it was smart. Part two, to be completely honest, I didn't want to run a PR agency. I didn't want to get into the, the daily grind that had put me in the hospital to the first place. So there was an element of it was sustainable for me, but also it is a very viable market option that I didn't feel was being offered. So who, you know, PR agency versus DIY, there's a time and a place for both. They absolutely can. And I think should coexist. I have tons of PR firm friends. I'm pro PR agency. Sometimes people think you're not when you're a coach, but I am really, I like to work with founders when they're first getting started within years, you know, pre-launched up to year two, 
to help them first understand what PR is and develop foundations that they're going to need should they ever want to outsource, right? So there is a lot of value to be had if you as a CEO and a founder can understand and execute your own PR in-house. That's going to be foundational and also safeguard your investment when you do decide to outsource. So long story long, right? <laughs> to summarize, depends on your time and your place for business. I generally say if you don't know what PR is and you haven't had any experience, I'd highly, highly, highly encourage you to DIY, whether that be with a coach like me or just, you know, go, going down the Google train first before onboarding a firm. All right, awesome. And so I guess that kind of leads to my next question. So for those who are who are starting out and trying to figure out, you know, do I do I use PR? Is this how I get more traction for my brand new business? What would you say to them? What advice would you give? The first thing I say, this is like my on my um, what's it called? Soapbox, pardon me. That was a mom brain moment. On my soapbox, first you need to understand what PR is. So PR very most typically people think of it or associate it with press right mm -hmm. and it is press that is one component of pr absolutely but pr is far more than just press the way i like to explain it or define pr is by what i call the six relations of pr so the six relations of pr real quick i'll run through them are public so this refers to a brand or founder's relationship with the public we have customers or clients so your relationship with your customer or your client we have community so this can be a physical community like where you live or a virtual one like six degree society we then have media right so your media relationships we then have industry others within your industry and then the final one if it's applicable to your business is investor relations so what pr is is how you cultivate and create relationships to create opportunities with those different relations of pr so pr can be getting press pr can also be creating a collaboration with someone else in your industry. PR can be intentionally networking within a community, right? Now, the whole point of this long spiel is the first thing to do is to understand that and identify what type of PR you should start focusing on first to achieve your goals. So if you are a new business who is looking to raise capital, then maybe the first elements of PR you focus on are investors and press press because it's going to give you some really great logos that are going to look really credible when you're raising capital for investors. So it really just depends on your goals and the type of business that you have. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> um, too much. I know I just went on, but I'm no, no, that was what is really PR. <laughs> no, that was great. Like, I don't think I've had like, you know, a PR, anyone from PR on the show before. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, for those listening, there was a, you know, comprehensive definition. There you <laughs> so, go. Yeah. It's, it's PR. I think that, yeah, I think that a lot of people would probably just think like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, getting media attention or something like that. So yeah, but awesome. There's lots more, lots more that goes into it. So I want to kind of circle back to something else that you had mentioned. And so in the kind of I don't know, beginning of your journey or toward entrepreneurship when you had this like moment of burnout just you know in speaking to a lot of other women i think that you know so many of us have that moment like you know whether you end up in the hospital or not like you know you're you're having this moment where you realize like you can't you just can't do it anymore so what were some of your i guess like biggest kind of wake-up calls like what did you really kind of bring into your your business like your life like moving forward from that point to you know try to i mean just make make your life more sustainable <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. So very simply, I learned that you can't pour from an empty cup and without your health, you have nothing. Right. When I landed in the hospital, I was pretty much immobile for a month and that shut down my life like that. That affected everything that affected my social life, my, my marriage life, my work life. And I learned you literally, no matter what you do in life, number one, you need to take care of yourself. So I am very fortunate to have seen the back end of a lot of different types of business models. My dad is a business owner. My husband is a business owner. Having worked in agencies and house across hospitality to tech to fashion, I've seen a lot of different types of businesses and I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. So I was very, very clear in the types of businesses I did not want to create. Hence why I mentioned I didn't want a PR agency just because I didn't feel it was sustainable for my health in that moment. So I really reverse engineered my way into coaching, meaning I started 
researching different types of business models. I didn't even know coaching was a thing, to be completely honest. Um, I heard about it on a podcast one day on a drive to work and I was like, oh, that's that's super interesting. The more I looked into it, I'm like, okay, in a way I've been coaching my entire career, but I was really attracted to the things like the ability to set your own hours. I loved the concept of being your own boss and being able, I wanted a virtual business so I could work from anywhere, right? So those were the things I really learned. I wanted the flexibility to be able to go to a doctor's appointment at 2 p.m. without stressing out and needing to get approval two weeks before. I wanted to be able to travel with my husband for work if that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take a mental health day if, if I wanted to. Not saying my, my past company would have let me, but it's just a whole nother layer when you have to go and ask a boss, right? Like, can I have a mental health day? It's a little taboo. So I learned health, you know, is has to be the number one priority in life. No, very, very important for us all to remember. And so what do I want to ask next? <laughs> they're like, I'm like, there are a few options I could, where I could go here with this. You know what? Let's just dive into some of the success questions and then um, we might come back. But okay. So first, my favorite question to ask all my guests, what is your personal definition of success and how has it evolved? Yeah. So when I think of success, I think of something you're trying to achieve. And I've said this since I was 17, which now I'm like, oh, you're a very profound 17 year old, Lexi. My whole goal of life is to be happy. So success to me, it looks like achieving that. There's obviously a lot of things that go into that, but what makes me happy? I've always wanted a family. So, you know, even though I'm severely sleep deprived right now, check, because <laughs> I'm a newborn. So success is a state of being, it's achieving a type of life that I want. Awesome. And then what business and life achievements do you consider to be your biggest successes so far? Oh, big question, Jackie. Wow. Um, okay. Let, let me see. It's probably changing now. I'd say my biggest life, I'll start with life. My biggest life achievement, I think has been surviving the past six weeks. So I don't know if I mentioned, I have a, as of today, my daughter is six weeks old and people can prepare you for being a parent all they want. And then you're in it and you're like, Oh my God, I get what they were saying. Um, it's just a whole nother world trying to keep a little human alive while as a woman recovering from birth and the mental and physical obstacles and navigating multiple businesses. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have support systems to help me with that. So anyways, biggest life accomplishment today is surviving these past six weeks and making my daughter, having her still alive and healthy. Business-wise, you know, I achieved a lot of on-paper success at a very young age, right? So I became a senior account director by the age of 22. I was a VP by the age of 26. And these are all great things that look, look awesome on a LinkedIn profile. But I would say when launching my two businesses, being able to overcome the many, many mindset obstacles and hurdles that come with going out on your own has been one of the things I'm most proud of today. You know, a lot of people start businesses. A lot of people in 2022 are running to start businesses. Not a lot of people keep with that business. Not a lot of people have success in those businesses. And there's a lot of mindset work that goes into that and a lot of grit. And so a little pat on my back that, you know, I'm almost three years in and I have the two businesses still and no, no plans of going anywhere. Awesome. So from that answer, I have, I have a few follow-up questions. So first, since we're kind of on the topic, what would you say are maybe like two or three, you know, mindset, whether practices or resources, or just simply beliefs that you have that have really, you know, helped you get to get to this point? Yeah. Big question. So first I'd like to just highlight mindset practice. It's a practice. It's nothing and something that you're never going to be, well, in my opinion, mm -hmm. done practicing. So I just want to put that out there to this day. I still have to work on it, but some things that have been really pivotal for me, first and foremost, when you know, coming from a marketing and PR background where I'd spent a career promoting others, all of a sudden with the nature of the PR bar, I was in a place where I had to promote myself. And when you're selling yourself and you're promoting yourself, a whole bunch of stuff comes up, right? From imposter syndrome to worthiness, et cetera. One thing that I had to, to learn is to really detach myself from my business in the sense of just because someone says no to the PR bar or to working with me, that doesn't make me any less than, right? So really getting compartmentalizing me and my business was huge. And again, how I got there practice, to be honest, some days it still seems like no one likes to know, right? You're like, oh, oh, my heart. So that's been a huge one is that separation. And on that note, you know, you hold a lot of 
you pour your heart and soul into the business you create as an entrepreneur. And it's really hard to not take things personally when someone maybe is upset or doesn't like, or isn't buying what you're selling in terms of your vibe. That's been another you know hurdle that comes up at different points. And I, I guess that comes back to, again, detaching and not letting emotions run, run your business. One thing that is a tangible thing that is so, super simple, but I worked with, I worked with a mindset coach at one point, I'm a coach who likes coaches. And she taught me the concept of getting neutral. So I now have a little post-it note on my desk that says get neutral. And anytime I'm feeling any sort of way, right? Let's say I, I receive a, a controversial email or I don't know, something less than favorable happens. I stare at that sticky note and I remember to not make any decision until I feel neutral. So that's a reminder to Lexi, go on a walk, you know, go hug your baby, go hug your dog. Don't make a decision. Don't make a move until you feel you don't feel right till you're at a place of neutrality. So those are just a couple I could keep going on. There's, there's a lot. It's something I, I work on a lot with my clients. It comes up a lot in PR, right? What I go through is a, oftentimes what a lot of my clients go through. It's scary when all of a sudden you're on a stage or the spotlight's on you or your visibility starts to increase. You're inviting in others to have an opinion. And it's really important to not let them make you or define you or have any sort of impact on how you feel about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's super important. I think that's something I've, yeah, definitely like thought about like over different, you know, at different times in my, in my journey. Yeah. Okay. So next question. I'm like, I'm like, I can reflect on that for, for a while, but one, I, yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask. So, you know, in this latest adventure that you're going on in life, motherhood, how did you kind of prepare yourself to, you know, step away from the business, really focus on family and, and of course, you know, recovering and everything like that. So what tips would you give to, to others who that may also be in their near future? Yeah. So transparently I did it really well for one business and not well for the other. Just going to, so I'll, I'll reflect on some of the mistakes I made as well. So for the PR bar, I did things wonderfully. There's just me involved. It's a one-on-one -on -one coaching practice from the moment I got pregnant, my clients, well, the moment I was public about being pregnant, my clients knew I first and foremost prepared them of what to expect in the upcoming months. I prepared any client that was going to still be with me at the time of birth, what that meant. So step one was I, I really managed communication with my clients at the same time on the back end, I was preparing for that. Right. So for example, batching social media content, batching my podcast episodes. I did a lot of upfront work so that when go time comes and I gave birth, the backend side of the marketing of my business was still running. I had already drafted like an email that was going to send out the day I went into labor. I had, you know, my auto email set up. I had my forms on my website were changing from live calendar links to send me an email. So I did a lot of systems work and I prepared my clients and it went off really wonderfully. The other business, Ready Set Coach, we're in the middle of a cohort. We just graduated our cohort. I mean, we're recording this in May, so I don't know when this is going live, but basically I gave birth in the middle of our cohort. So these are, you know, a group of women who have already committed to working with my partner, Emily and I. So Emily and I prepared some things on the back end. I prepared the ladies and, and said, you know, for the first two weeks after birth, I'm not going to be present, but I did go back after that. I, you know, and Ideally, would have it was a little a little difficult. Luckily, every everyone was really really understanding, and a group program isn't as intensive as necessarily a one on one in terms of the day to day communication. But I did have the support of Emily, which was super helpful. But not everyone has a co founder. So the tips I have would be prepare clients. If if you're a client facing business, you might not be prepare your team, prepare people you work with, so that could be other vendors. Also think of systems. Are there things you can batch ahead of time, and know that no matter how much you prepare nothing can really prepare you for what actually happens when that tiny human comes into this world and how all consuming it becomes. Even to this day, you know, we're still trying to find a childcare support. My husband had to stay home today, which again, not everyone has the luxury of being able to do that. I've been looking feverishly for a nanny and I finally found someone they got, knock on wood. Um, but childcare, think of that ahead of time because you, like a little newborn can't walk. They, they need, they're going to be crying. You need to hold them. You need to feed them every two hours. So think about these things as you craft your schedule and just give yourself I would say at least a month of grace, three weeks minimum to understand what this new change looks like in your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's important to remember because I think that sometimes we can feel like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to do like X, Y, Z and then like my maternity leave will be perfect or, you know, something like that. And I think it's important also, especially, I feel like, especially for, you know, a firstborn to like, remember that like, no, like you've never done this before. You might not know, you know, what the right solution is for, for that postpartum yeah. period. And I'll say this too. I'm really glad I didn't coach with the PR bar. I'm still not, I'm going back in June because you're going to be so sleep deprived on another level. I don't think it's delivering the full, you know, I'm a coach, right? So I wouldn't be delivering my full brain to my clients on a one-on-one -on -one capacity. If I had rushed back the next week, I just straight out, they would not have gotten the best, best version of me. It would have been a disservice. So I think of that as well, you know, again, depends on your business model, but if you're a service-based business and you care about delivering quality services, then you're going to need time. Your body is going to need time. Your brain is going to need time to adjust. There's these crazy hormones that are rushing through your body. There's a lot that's happening to you physically. So back to health, right? You have nothing in this world without your health. Make sure you're giving yourself that time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Awesome. So next question, what is your, what does your next level of success look like? And this could be in business or life. Oh yeah. I mean, I would really love to get a better, better <laughs> right now. I feel like I'm very much in I'm, I'm in a transition, right? When mm -hmm. she was first born, it was, oh my God, how, how am I possibly going to continue running these two businesses? This is so much crazier than I ever thought. Now I'm a little, have a little more sleep and I'm thinking a little more clearly, I'm a little more neutral and I'm looking at what, to your point, does this next phase of my life look like? So I think if anything, it's further confirmed and made me grateful for making the transition into entrepreneurship because I want to work to live, not live to work. And my family's number one. So success, next level success looks like continuing to grow my business in a way that supports my life and supports my client's life. You know, I, I love both my businesses. I don't have any changes to them coming, but I want to continue to grow them in a way that's sustainable and allows me to go on family vacations and also supports my clients to do the same. Cause that's really important to me as well. So it's not the most exciting answer, but it's, it's honest, you know, for me, it's, it's, these businesses are here to support living a fulfilled life and helping my clients to do the same. Yeah, no, well, I love that because I think it also shows that, you know, you both businesses that you have, like, you know, are so really, you, know, you still love them and, you know, are passionate about them and want them to be in your life for, you know, the foreseeable future. So, and I think there's so much to be said for that because I think there are, you know, many entrepreneurs out there who, you know, are kind of like, not that it's a bad thing, but are like, you know, looking for the next thing, like looking mm -hmm. for the next business or looking for the next iteration and, and always trying to like do something new and, and, and stuff like that. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of things to be said for that, right? Like that can be really exciting. Like if that's, you know, how you, how you function, but I also think it's really nice to, you know, see people who are like, I have these businesses, I love them. And I'm just going to like, you know, stay growing them and, and, you know, and, and in them. So, yeah. And I work with the entrepreneurs who are what you're describing and thank goodness for them. We need them in the world. I just, I learned in my twenties that my body can't hang with being that kind of person. And it just shifted in a major, major way, my, my priorities. And that's my priorities. Everyone's allowed to have their own set. Right. So respect and glad there's room for us all and need for us all. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. So what tips or advice would you give others who are kind of just starting out on their personal journeys to success? Yeah. Get, I'd say first and foremost, get really clear for you kind of on the question that you asked me, like, what is your definition of success, right? What does that look like for you? Does that look like a certain salary or a certain dollar amount? Then I'm going to ask you why, why do you want that much money? Do you want that much money? So you can travel. Do you want that much money to buy a nice home? Because once you have that, why, then you can check yourself if what you're doing is aligned. If you want hundred thousand, you know, or $500,000 a year. So you can travel, but you've set up your business in a way where you can't travel. Then isn't that contradictory, right? So my very first piece of advice is to just get really, really clear on the why behind why do you want that type of success and do a little audit, right? Like is, is the life you're living is the career you're doing is the business you're creating set up to get you there. You can save yourself a lot of <laughs> by thinking of that first and foremost. So that would be my first tip. Awesome. I'm going to say like one of the things that I think I read about it or like heard from someone in a Facebook group when I was first starting out 
was like, if you don't give yourself the weekend off, you never will or something like that. So one of the first, you know, like rules or boundaries that I had in my business from the very, very, very beginning was like, I always took the weekends off. And I'm so grateful for that because I, I have met, you know, a, a number of entrepreneurs, you know, in, in my time uh, who, who didn't do that. And so, you know, they're still, and, and even, you know, for, you know, years later, they would struggle, like, you know, taking time off on the weekends, like having the weekends off. And I feel like for me, like, yes, every so often, I'd probably say maybe five weekends a year, I'll have a little bit of work to catch up on. And I'll be like, okay, you know what, like, I'm just going to do this now. But otherwise, like, you know, my weekends are, are fairly work-free so <laughs> boundaries are yeah. so important and getting once again aligning those boundaries to the lifestyle you want I, I'm the same I, I'm a no work on weekend if I can avoid it I also shut down communication I have very clear boundaries with clients they know well now it's changing because I don't have it before baby I had a very <laughs> set you know between nine and five kind of work schedule and so clients knew after five o'clock they'd hear from me the next day I mean unless it was an emergency so to your point I just think I think setting the boundaries and again remembering why we're doing this is, is super super important yeah I want to also give you a time to tell us a little bit more about the Ready Set Coach program. And I think, yeah, because even like back when I back when I interviewed Emily, you guys hadn't even started that yet. So I would love to hear more about that and what you've got in the works. Yeah. So a bit background on our why, because it's kind of a funny story. So Emily and I met, again, Emily is the founder of the Six Degree Society. Shout out, go listen to her episode. She'll tell you all the things about her, I'm sure. We met at an in-person conference before the world ended in 2020 and continued our, our friendship virtually. And at some point in 2020, we we kept basically this happened three times kept getting in a situation where a client wanted to work with us both so i call it a client off we were in client offs which is really funny because we do different things and we have different strengths but someone i was was vetting me to work with the pr bar literally would say i'm also by the way vetting emily i'm like oh okay and they literally asked like why should we work with emily not you or excuse me opposite of that you not emily and you know it's a funny position to be in when this is a friend right and so mm -hmm. emily and i were texting each other about it and you know it could have gone two ways we could have gotten very competitive about it we could have gotten you know salty about it but i give emily full credit she saw it as an opportunity she's like clearly people there's something out there where people want to work with us both we're attracting a very similar person why not team up in some way and i was like i'm, I'm down i'm down what does that look like and so we started looking at the market kind of similar to what i did right when i was identifying to launch a pr coaching business and we saw a lot of programs that were supporting businesses growing broadly, right? Like grow your business here, find clarity in your business here. What we didn't see was something very, very, very specific to coaching and lifestyle. Emily and I both built coaching businesses on the premise of working to live, not living to work. And so long story long, we decided to take all the tens of thousands of dollars we had spent on coaching and the experience we had in building our own businesses and create a really comprehensive group hybrid one-on-one -on -one program for coaches. So Ready, Set, Coach is a four-month program. It's intimate. There is both group, community, and one-on-one -on -one and accountability. Lots of fun things involved, but the whole goal of it is to either launch or grow a coaching business to support your lifestyle. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and I would say, what are some of the, I guess, like best like transformations or like insights that you've seen from people inside the program? Yeah, and Ready, Set, Coach, you know, it's, we get such a wide range of people. So we've had two cohorts so far, depending on when this episode airs, our next cohort is launching in August of 2022. So we'll either be in it or we still have time to join, depending on when this, when this goes live. So of the women so far, we've had people who have come in and a goal has been to leave corporate and be able to have their coaching business full time, which are some of my favorite wins. Cause we've had multiple women be able to do that. We've had people in their first clients. We've had people you know, land their first paid speaking gigs, people come to us with a wide range of goals, but from the client wins to the lifestyle wins to, we had a gal this past cohort take a three-week vacation. And part of that was funded through the work we had done together, but also her business ran while she was away and she was able to actually take off the three weeks. So for me, my favorite wins, yes, of course, it's fun to see the monetary wins, but when those monetary wins can then come back and support the lifestyle these women are leading, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. <laughs> like, I'm also like gearing up for a little trip of my own. So I'm just like thinking about, well, so the end of May, I'm going to visit my sister. She lives in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And then I'm going to be spending Memorial Day in Savannah, Georgia with some friends from college. And then I'm going to be returning to Atlanta with one of them and spending a week there. So it's a little Southern tour. <laughs> so, you know, Savannah and Charlotte are both on my bucket lists. I lived with called your was from North Carolina and I've never made it over, over to that, those states. So anyways, super fun. Have fun. Be present. Don't work. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking, I'm like, well, I will have to work, but I do want to, I'm, you know, going to be making sure like that I, I have reduced work hours. Like I already blocked off my calendar. So like I'm only meeting with clients where it's like a standing meeting and we meet every week. Otherwise, like I'm not having any new, new client calls or taking right. on any new clients at that time. So good. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's just, it's so important because I think when I, at least for me, when I was getting started and so maybe there are others out there who might relate, I didn't necessarily even know how to do that, like how to plan or how to prepare to like completely, you know, like reduce my workload, you know, at, you know, whenever I, I had a, a trip planned. So I guess, you know, I guess, I'm, like, I'm like one final question is we kind of, you know, bring this episode, you know, around is like, how, what would you say, like, when, you know, to someone who may be starting out, maybe doesn't even understand how to like look at the different things in their business and figure out how do I, how do I like, you know, make it so that I can actually like enjoy this vacation? Yeah. What are some tips? Some pro tips. First off, get out your calendar and look at all block off like calendar block, literally block, make yourself unavailable during your vacations, during holidays, make in a few extra days here and there so that people can't book new calls with you. So that's a very tangible one thing to do. The other thing I do is I actually bake it into my contract and I have it as part of onboarding that if I take a vacation, here's what happens. And what happens for me with the PR bar is if I take a vacation, I am, I am out. However, because of that, I will add on an additional week post that, right? That is something people know the day they sign the contract with me. So that's an expectation I set. So actually people who, for example, I, I took these two months of maternity from the PR bar and I had people sign on with me for two months. That's a two month gap. That's a long time. So I had to tell people that ahead of time. And I said, here's what's going to happen. I did something a little extra, give everyone like a bonus month of support for free, just as a thank you. But here's what you can expect. Here is, you know, if there really is truly an emergency, here's how you can get a hold of me. Otherwise it was baby comes my out of office is up and much love. I'm going to be focusing on that little one. And if, if they didn't want, if that bothered them, then they don't have to work with me. And so if you have a weekend, a week vacation, I'd say just be really communicative with your clients with how is your vacation going to affect them? So, you know, if you have a standing meeting, you can say, no, we have a standing meeting. We're not going to have it that week. And I'm going to give you an extra call, you know, as an extra thank you. Just like talking people human to human. If you have a client who doesn't understand that, you know, that, that will happen. If you can try to fish those people out, you know, at the top before working with them, that's something that, again, why I make it into my contract. If you're already in your business and you already have that client, you know, just think about it for the next client moving forward. How can it be different? So set systems up, calendar block and communicate from the first time you're meeting someone, how things are going to go down when you're out of office. And then if you are in a service-based business, you know, let's say you have products, you know, do you, do you have help? Do you have a team? Prepare your team, prepare your systems, batch things ahead of time, turn on the autoresponder, delete the email app from your phone, you know, give your phone number to your team member and say, you can text me if it's an emergency, but don't. Right? <laughs> so, and I think, so to wrap that up, it's also holding yourself accountable to actually letting yourself take that vacation. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Okay. Awesome. Those are some really, really great tips. And I wish that I had come across them back in the early days of my business, <laughs> but hopefully they will serve. They will serve those listening now very, very well. So thank you so much. <laughs> and yeah, this has been, it's been wonderful to, to have you on the show. And before we go, I want to give you a chance to let everyone know how to connect with you, whether social media, your website, or just what, how can we get in touch? Yeah. So first, if you guys want to continue to learn more about PR, since you're already listening to a podcast, it's called Pitchin' and Sippin'. So you can learn about all things PR, interview members of the media, other founders, and PR pros. The PR Bar website is theprbarinc.com. I'm sure we'll link to all the links in the show notes. Yeah. You know, honestly, the, the one home base where you can get to the PR Bar, Ready, Set, Coach, and learn more about me is lexysmith.net. That'd probably be the easiest place to go. So L-E-X-I-E-S-M-I-T-H.net. You will see 
a link for the PR bar, the P uh, Ready Set Coach for Pitching and Sipping to my Instagram to all the things. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And we will definitely include those in the show notes. So yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I would love to invite you to join our growing community of fellow millennial women entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs inside our free Facebook group, the Millennial Success Society. I also love connecting with fellow women entrepreneurs on Instagram. Find me at JackieCossop underscore LA. Feel free to send me a DM with any suggestions for future episodes or questions you'd like answered on the show. For all the latest show updates, exclusive resources for our listeners, or to apply to become a guest on the show, please visit the Millennial Success Stories podcast page on my website at www.jackiecossop.com slash podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.